0: Welcome to the Jersey Arts Podcast. I'm Susan Wallner. The pandemic has touched every aspect of everyone's lives, from home to work to play. But one of the hardest hits of all has been to the world of theater. Broadway is closed until 2021, theaters everywhere are shut, and actors are left to ply their craft on Zoom. But the show somehow still goes on. Today I have on the phone Bonnie Monty, the Artistic Director of the Shakespeare Theatre of New Jersey. Given the world today, their entire season, running from June through December, has been moved to next year. But the Shakespeare Theatre of New Jersey is presenting two different evenings of classic comedy, live and in person, outdoors on the lawn. Apparently the thirst for live theatre is so great that shows are selling out and performances are being added already. Bonnie Monti, thank you for joining me today.
1: No, thank you for having me.
0: Tell me, just give me a, a, a sort of basic rundown of what's going on with these two productions.
1: <laughs> uh, well, uh, it's, it's exactly as you said. Um, uh, our kind of prime directive, it's programmed into us as artists, is to uh, try to do uh, what we do, live theater, uh, no matter what the circumstances. And we happened to be very lucky. We realized that we had a company of eight actors who, for the most part, have been isolated with us since uh, the pandemic shut the schools down. Uh, They were all part of our Shakespeare Life touring company. And because the gig got nipped in the bud halfway through, these young people had, you know, they had sublet their apartments or they were, quote, homeless because they were about to move on to another job when they... Uh, finished with us in june so here we are mid-march and most of the uh, people in the company had uh, nowhere to go Um, we have to rent houses anyway so we said to them listen stay in our housing Uh, we'll give you free housing for the time that you're here we will give you a very modest food allowance per week to keep you alive and you can come in and uh, work with us we'll give you as much work as we can so that you can make a little money during this shutdown And it has turned out to be spectacular. Not only have they, you know, we've kind of all isolated together as a a small family unit, keeping them basically able to work together, knowing that they're all safe and COVID-free. And um, as as the summer went on and as Governor Murphy decided to allow outdoor gatherings that were a little larger, you know, we kind of went, wow, we could do a show. (laughs) So, you know, it'll be very modest. It's certainly not going to be what we normally do. We don't have our full staff at all. We have a very small skeleton staff. Everybody's kind of putting on different hats to make this all happen. And we're thrilled because the response has been enormous, just enormous.
0: So tell me, uh, I saw in in the Press release that I was reading. The troupe was called the Shrewd Mechanicals. Can yeah, we- so
1: we, we yeah, we, 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 they were, they were our Shakespeare Live Company, and we ha- we always have a summer company called the Shrewd Mechanicals, and so they've kind of segued from being Shakespeare Livers now into being the Shrewd Mechanicals. That's typically a small touring company of four actors and one stage and one tour manager, who brings. Um, like hour-long productions of um, classic theater to hospices, nursing homes, uh, community centers, museums, libraries, uh, you know, over the course of the summer. But obviously, this year, it's going to be very different. So it's now a troupe of eight uh, in residence, and we're going to be performing in our backyard uh, versus uh, taking tours around through the community.
0: For people who don't know, who might not know, can you give me the background on the, 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 the name Shrewd Mechanicals?
1: Sure. The Shrewd Mechanicals are, I believe, I think those exact words are used in A Midsummer Night's Dream. And the uh, mechanicals always refer to kind of the rustic, a little bit more clueless characters, uh, often comic relief uh, in the more serious plays or often in the comedies they play a major role usually a, um, a, either a major plot or a subplot but they're it, it, certainly as they referred to in midsummer they're just a group of kind of rustic artisans tinkers and weavers and things like that carpenters um and they get together to do a play to surprise the Duke of Athens on his wedding Right, night the, the, play, the play within <laughs> the play. The play within the play. And so it seemed like a really wonderful name to give this small company who travels around and brings theater to, uh, many times, to folks who can't come to us, uh, and in other cases, as I said, to, you know, to public community hubs, like, you know, little performing arts centers, museums, that kind of thing.
0: Tell me about the productions that you've chosen.
1: There's, there's two different nights. Uh, the first night is actually a show that premiered with the sh- uh, Shrewd Mechanicals last summer, but we've expanded it for this particular event. And that is a kind of collage of many of the most wonderful comedic scenes about love from Shakespeare's canon. It's called Verily Madly Thine and it was put together by A.C. Horton, who is my assistant and also the casting, casting associate at the theater. She's a very promising young director, and we've been giving her opportunity after opportunity and kind of moving her up through the ranks. So I'm really thrilled that she's going to have a chance to uh, get something uh, directed and, and up in front of people this summer, despite the fact that we're essentially shut down. Um, the other two shows, uh, Moliere's The Love Doctor and Edna St. Vincent Millay's Aria de Capo, are two little gems of, of comedies, very different from each other. The Moliere is an outright silly farce. Um, and Aria de Capo is a much more elusive little play. I, I actually think it's been terribly ignored. I think it's a great little work of art. And it's, you know, it's it's tragicomic, it's part symbolic, part absurdist, part whimsical, commedia, it's this odd melange of all these things, uh, and it adds up to something that's quite profound and quite uh, compelling and captivating, and I think it will provide a lot of good food for discussion for the audience. And so those are kind of Love Doctor and Aria Capo are presented as a double bill on the other evening that we offer.
0: I think it's interesting that you chose comedy. It's like comedy is what everyone (laughs) needs. They need to laugh right now.
1: We need to laugh. We need to just engage in in some froth and silliness and be delighted by watching people fall in love and, you know, (laughs) the things that make us feel good. Yes. (laughs)
0: Since we're essentially living through what, you know, a hundred years ago would have been called a plague, Mm -hmm. I feel like there's been a lot of suddenly people are like, well, Shakespeare lived through the plague and he was writing then and performing then. And I'm just curious, has it given you a different understanding of what the Shakespeare Theater of New Jersey, did it give, has it given you a different understanding of what he and his fellow actors and theater people were going through?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it occurred to us all from the very beginning of this whole thing, and you know, at, at first when it when we were all first shut down, you know, there were, we were kind of like, oh well, you know, Shakespeare lived through it, so can we. Um, as time has gone on, the uh, the understanding of the 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 you know the artistic trauma that it causes to be quote shut down. That has certainly become a, a far more uh, i have I have felt it a lot more I've, I've begun to understand why he wrote so much and so uh, i don't even there was so much writing coming out of him at that time It's because when you can't produce, you have to put your creativity someplace I, and 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 thankfully for us. During those periods when the playhouses were shut down, some of his greatest plays came out of those time periods where he could not do anything but write and We are the benefactors of that of that shutdown. But I do very viscerally uh, feel that there are moments where I have really channeled Shakespeare and gone, "Oh whoa, well, I get it now! This is not good we we don 't like this um, and uh, and and have understood what kind of tenacity and, and um, drive it takes to try and, and do something in the middle of an event, a health event like this and, and how scary it is and, and what kind of risks you're taking and I, mean, I, and I don't even mean, necessarily mean health-wise so much but to throw yourselves into the production of something that you're not even sure if people will come to. I mean when we began this process we had no idea if we'd even sell a single ticket so we're quite astounded at the response i mean i think we've sold we've already sold six performances out completely uh and as you mentioned we've added two more so we now have a total of 10 and i think that it, it is thrilling for us to see how much people are thirsting for live performance for live theater and so that's a very long-winded way of answering your question, but yes, I have certainly personally felt a tinge of what Shakespeare and his company must have been going through, and and a lot of us are talking about that and and using it almost as inspiration to get through it. If they could do it, we could do it.
0: Well, absolutely, and also I think that this is changing everyone. It's changing everyone in ways that we can't even really recognize until after Mm -hmm. we come out the other side. Mm -hmm. And I just feel like there are certain things like live theater, live performance of all kinds that will just not be taken for granted again.
1: Exactly. I mean, I actually do think there are some silver linings that are going to come out of this. I agree. And I think they're going to be more long term, we're not going to quite realize we're not going to realize many of the impacts that this has had on us i think it's made us appreciate all kinds of things a lot more you know our families and uh, and our jobs and um, you know things that we often complain about um, yeah. i'm i'm not complaining about anymore <laughs> yeah but yes certainly the arts are uh, i think something that people don't Think about how much they influence our lives on a daily basis. But when they get shut down, you're like, oh, whoa, why can't I go do that?
0: You are doing a few things. This year's full season, which was to begin Mm. in June and run through December, has been moved Mm -hmm. as a a whole till next year. But you are having also um, a reading series in the fall. And maybe you can tell me a little bit about that. That is Shakespeare.
1: It is. It's our Shakespeare Book Club. And um, we do it every spring and every fall, and we usually do it in person. And people go to our theater factory in Florham Park and uh, gather together for a couple of hours once a week. And they typically read three show, three plays over the course of the eight-week session. Brian Crow, who is our uh, terrific director of education, uh, kind of formulated this program, and he leads it each year. This year, uh because of the pandemic, we are creating a kind of hybrid version of the book club and and we're also adding a non-Shakespeare play. So we're calling it uh the Roman session, I think. And um we're reading Shakespeare's uh, um Julius Caesar, Shakespeare's Antony and Cleopatra, and George Bernard Shaw's Caesar and Cleopatra. And we're very excited because um, people can either come in person, fully masked, and you know, socially distanced at our theater factory, or they can participate by Zoom. And because of the time uh, that it's being done, uh, um, and I think it's uh, held on Tuesday evenings from 7 t- uh, to 9.30, it means that pe- people from different time, zo- time zones can actually participate. So we are hoping that people from all over the country may um, be able to be a part of this Falls Book Club. And we have some guest speakers that are going to be a part of this via Zoom. Bob Cuccioli, who's been um, one of our leading actors for many, many years. He played Mark Antony for me in Antony and Cleopatra, back in 2000, and he played Brutus in Julius Caesar for Brian, and he recently played Caesar in Caesar and Cleopatra in New York. So here's a guy who's played a major role in all three of those plays, so he'll be one of the guest speakers for the book club, as well as one of our company members, Steve Brown Freed, who is kind of a a Shaw devotee. And we're also hoping that Tamara Tooney will be a part of this and be part of one of our guest speakers. Um, She played Cleopatra for me uh, here, and she played Calpurnia with uh, Denzel Washington in the Broadway production of Julius Caesar that he did. So all three of them have a very strong connection to those three plays. And I think it'll be terrific for the, for the people who are participating to be able to hear them and their thoughts about diving into those particular history plays and, and, and the, both Shakespeare's riff and Shaw's riff on on those historical characters.
0: Well, I I think it does sound interesting and you are right that people who otherwise might say what a great thing but I can't travel 3 hours or mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. are suddenly able to participate which is also yeah. another silver lining. Yeah. Well, thank you very much, Bonnie. Uh, congratulations on your anniversary with the Shakespeare Theatre of New Jersey, and I think that uh, thank you. You, you you hit pause this year, but it, you know we're all we're all rooting for next thank year. Thank you. The Shakespeare Theatre of New Jersey is presenting two different evenings of classic comedy. Verily, Madly, Thine, and a double bill of Edna St. Vincent Millay's Aria da Capo and Moliere's The Love Doctor starting July 30th. Performances will take place on the Great Lawn of the theater's Thomas H. Kane Theater Factory in Florham Park, New Jersey. For more information, visit shakespearenj.org. For more about all of the arts in New Jersey, visit jerseyarts.com. I'm Susan Waldner for the Jersey Arts Podcast. Thanks for listening.
1: The Jersey Arts Podcast is made possible by the New Jersey State Council on the Arts, supporting excellence and engagement in the arts since 1966.